West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 11th of August 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christy Kelly. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening listeners, it is Wednesday evening once again and a beautiful Wednesday evening it turned out rather than a misty morning or a kind of a wet night and of course some people say we never have the good word around these parts. The forecast tomorrow according to other people is supposed to be wet, windy and very, very windy. So hopefully they might get that wrong as well. So I'm joined tonight as usual by the ever-reliable Tom Ryan and Christy Kelly. And there was another young lady supposed to be coming from Escape, but I don't see any sign of her arriving yet. It was the first time we went for uh, 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 one that was in her 20s, indeed, as well, usually on the old side, most of us here. We have all our teeth as ancient. Indeed. And the volume is extremely low. Mark, you might turn up the volume a little bit there, Shirley, who is keeping an eye on us from home. And Mark Flatley is the man on the desk tonight. The, the, the volume is low, Mark, to tell us. You might give it a twist or a turn there. And I'm joined by Tom Ryan, as I said, as usual, and Christy Kelly from Temple Plantain. And anyone watching the match or listening about the minors, it was 117 to Cork and 13 points to Limerick in the Munster minor football final tonight. And I suppose we'll start with COVID. I should say, of course, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West, uh, your local community radio station. And if you want to text in or call in, Mark Flatley is there waiting for your messages on 069 or 087-166-9800. This programme, County View, is going out live every Wednesday night from half past nine until 11. So as I've said, if you want to text in or call in, 069-66-200 or 087-166-9800. Even though it's August, a silly month, and silly month, we have a lot of silly months, we've got quite a few topics on the agenda, and anyone who wants to add on, add on to that, feel free to do so by calling those numbers. For the tour time in five days, Christy, we've had over 1,800 COVID cases being positive. And I think Tom Ryan listens to the early morning radio when he's milking his cows. And I heard the man this morning, he was quite interesting. He said 60 to 40% of the people attending maternity wards are not vaccinated at all. Whereas we hear the government shouting out at 70 and 80% of the country are vaccinated and yet we hear this doctor pointing out that the people in coming to maternity wards and those partners coming with them literally 60% and 40% of them coming in there are not vaccinated well, at all. There is a fear, a fear factor out there uh, 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 with uh, young mothers I suppose are afraid that these vaccines will upset their uh, pregnancy or something or, or affect the child or that is actually what, what is wrong and uh, okay they're getting assurances that everything will be above board and all that but uh, there is 
this vaccine, okay, it's only out for the last six months or so, and it is only down the road we'll know of uh, the after effects and uh, whether they're right or wrong and not uh, chancing to take those vaccines is another story we, we, we don't know, but like they're, 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 cho- they're choosing not to, I suppose, and, and it's their right, I feel, if they, if they don't want to take it, they don't want to take it, and that's it. Tom, I know of many people that haven't taken it and have no notion of taking it, and yet we have these huge numbers and literally everything has been opened up at the same time. Christy and I were discussing two people whom both of us know very well. I referred to them last week, I think. They had the double jab. They got the vaccine twice, in other words, and they have been in hospital and quite seriously ill, and one of them, I believe, is still in hospital quite seriously ill. So there is a huge danger, Tom, and while you have these younger generation of people with that huge amount being detected on a daily basis, there is a huge risk to people, mature people or our age people, obviously, the people over 50, shall I say. Well, there's huge complications presented only now. It began to manifest itself, you know. We have, um, the, 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 the item daily they've covered there are very, very important. And I had the interview this morning and I had the doctor and I agree with him 100%. There's no plan nonsense now about partners and husbands and all that going into wars. Into, I mean, the only hospital to me is where well, women deliver babies and um, to be honest about it. I mean, there is a huge risk factor to the staff and to other patients by people attending. They are not, they haven't got the, uh, the, the jab and they are blatantly ignoring it. I mean, Christy said it's their right. I know it's, it's your right to let what goes into your body be your own decision. But I mean, for the good of all, like for the for the attack this deadly virus, like I mean, surely to God, like there is no argument against it. Like we know there are, that there have been cases where people have got very sick after getting it. In actual fact, some people and us have died after getting it. And I was informed recently, only last weekend, of a woman in her mid sixties out in East Limerick who got her second jab and. She was very Sunday. Woman of sixties. No no undertones and no under any other illness whatsoever. But the woman would be actually at a wedding on Saturday. She wasn't sick and she, and our on Saturday that's where the the plan was her niece was getting married. And that woman was buried on Sunday. Now so there are areas, there are serious areas. Nobody has the has the defined right to say, look, do this or do that, but at the same time, I don't know, I, I've, I've been following it very closely, and, I, and as you know, Pat, I've been an advocate of, of doing and following their advice, and people, you know, younger people now are, appear to be, you know, they're, they're giving them little presents now to have them take the, for to take the, I mean, the, take the jab, and now younger people are dying with it, dying with, it, uh, with, the, with the disease, or figure they're very high. So, God, to me, you want to be Solomon now, I think, this afternoon. What's going to happen, Christine? Well, we, we don't know, but in fairness, there's a lot of young people going for the jab. 
they're there. We we have seen it over the last couple of weekends where they're queuing up and going because they want they want to be able to get out in the, on the public and they feel the vaccine is going is their passport out to, to go to concerts and go to here and there. So they they, they are taking it like they Christy, wouldn't say they are. Christy, if you were listening to the doctor this morning, you'd have a different opinion. Of course, there's a huge crowd going, but there was a huge amount not going as well. Oh, there are. Like, and they have their, they have, they feel they have their reasons. Like, you know, that, that, that is and true. I agree with Tom there. Uh, we've said it. And there are older people not going as well. That quite a lot of people have died. Now, one might say they were going to die anywhere. Who knows whether we would have died one way or the other. A county councillor in Tipperary there in his 40s, a man was talking to me that a few times actually, and that he had the vaccine, he was dead within a week. His 40s there. Yeah, well, we, we all hear of cases but of different... They may have died anywhere, who knows, but... We all have care here of cases of people ha- having to go to hospital after uh, after getting the jabs and uh, Anyhow, uh, with, with, with problems. Anyhow, listeners, the thing is, it is very serious, very serious, and people haven't been as careful as they should be, and that includes myself and Tom Ryan and Christy Kelly as well. Do we agree on that, lads? Well, I don't know. I, I won't agree with that, Pat, because in fairness, I, I, I don't be going anywhere. I, I, I'm not mixing anywhere in public. I just go to work. And I'm at work at home, but I'm, I'm with, I'm, we're, we're, we're all caged in here. We're all caged away from each other. And separated with the virus. We are, yes, all that. All that. We, we, we have all been out there, and, and we had, uh, I mean, advice. Anyway, on the problem in the radio theatre in general, like that, in that regard. But, Pat, you know, we have to, like, just say, like, that this is developing, you know, as the actual, as the effort said it would. What's next now on the agenda will be the hospital list. Uh, they're starting to creep up now again, and then the ICU will be follow suit. And, uh, there are people, and especially now with matches and all islands coming up, and we've known, we've spoken about the assembly, like, you know, what's going to happen? Talk with us. Talk yeah, um, well, we pick up. Sorry about that little slip there. We some difficulty there with Thomas' microphone. So I was trying to. Well, the numbers, the, the numbers, are, the numbers are. Moving. Yes, the numbers are staying stubbornly high, all right, and 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 it is likely they will stay up now with with all the everything opening up and and as Tom says, the matches and uh, yeah, gatherings in hotels and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but people people are just not taking enough precautions. Well, well, I suppose that, I suppose there's been a year and a half now. I, I've been obeying obeying everything, and they're, they're trying to get a bit of freedom now. And they, they don't see uh, is there going to be any light at the end of the tunnel? That's that's the thing. That's an awful nonsense as well. I hear people talking. We're all They weren't in jail. They weren't in a They're out. I mean, they have plenty to drink at home. They have plenty to eat. I would like. There's a lot of older people now, Tom. In fairness, that haven't even tonight on on was a TV three. I saw a news clip there of a care centre over in East Limerick where it's just after opening up and the the the, the older people are, are starting to come out in it again. Well, they have been locked up with a year and a half, and many of them have seen nobody, not even maybe the postman. You know. Yeah, well, I, I agree with, with you there, and they, and they're they're the people that are, but they're not complaining like just people are complaining on their behalf and the people that are complaining on their behalf are the people that are, are in the pubs. A pub in South Limerick, 50 cases the later months of finals. I mean like where is this going to stop like? Where are, where are these places, 
place has got to be named. Friends of mine, like, I mean, in, in a town here, you could throw us on a Thursday and he's, he would bury it. New Year's Day, the day after New Year's Day. I mean, he's late 60s, early 70s, fresh man, over COVID, that he picked up at a pub. So, I mean, when are people going to realise that this, that this is a killer? It's not, it, you know, we're taking the notice if you're young, you won't get such a, 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 a that affecting you. That's nonsense as well. Because not long will it kill you, but you can distribute it to, to 100 people in, 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 in the sake of a couple of days. People have to really say, look down and say, look, we're not, we not taking the advice because we've got to take the advice and we're, and we're, and we're fed up. But some people are, are, are not, we shouldn't be. Because it's a huge danger. It's a, it, it's a it, it, it is, but, but if, if we look at it even, there's so many people actually have, have working from home, they're not even able to go, go, go to work. They have to work from home and they're not meeting anybody. And I take what you're saying, all right, Tom. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. But, but like, this, is, this is the way people are looking at it. Like, you know, and uh, like, it, it, it hasn't really impacted on me so Socially, anyway, uh, with the last year and a half, because I'm quite happy to live along as I am. But uh, there are not everyone is built that way, and then and they feel they need to get out, and, and I and I know plenty that are doing that, like you know, and, and, they, and they aren't vaccinated either, you know. You know, and and, and the, the whole thing about it is that it's a pandemic; it's still here. We we have been able to manage it to a point. When you compare it to what's happening across in the UK at the moment, 60,000 cases, 70,000 cases a day, hundreds of people still die with the same lockdown torture in the biggest one, the biggest cities in Australia, America, rampant with it all over Europe. I mean, like, we have a reasonably well controlled here, so we need to be really to, to, to be more careful and keep the figures down, keep the hospital working anyway. I felt over the last couple of days the COVID had probably gone because they're bombarding us now with climate change and all that goes with it. So that seems to be the new thing. I believe in climate change. I, I, I wish the climate did change because yeah. we, we, we're sick of rain and cold been, weather here in this country. We the topic, various people just sent us that we never stopped talking about the COVID. We didn't think we'd be still talking about it. Well, this climate change now is going to be the new thing for the next winter, I think. Now, I thank Shirley, I thank Willie Ryan, I thank Joan, I thank Margaret and Mary for all the messages coming into my phone, which is 087 that the mics were causing a little bit of difficulty, so we've switched Tom around. Tom will think it is a was, and he's doing that. He's been switched around so many times, so we have made another move, so hopefully it will be working better this time. And this program is live, and if you want to text in or call in 0696600 or 087 9800. So, Christy Kelly's mic is perfect to tell me he's loud and clear. Tom Ryan is the man with the difficulty not being heard too loud. So, I'm going to you just to test your mic, but also on the topic as well. Uh, Dublin stabbings and fatal stabbing in Dublin last night and Limerick City stabbing last weekend and murder in Ireland, Tom, between the stabbings and the murders and, and assaults. It's kind of a little bit. Well, it, it's uh, gone very serious now, Pat, and uh, you know, I suppose it's the one subject that we've discussed at length since the program commenced. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's really and truly shocking to hear you wake in the morning from under the 06 o'clock, you hear, you hear Dublin. Now it's all over the country. Death and murder. I mean, okay, stabbings, it can be, it's the, the, the latest one was murder as well, but the killings in domestic situations and even now down to babies. Like in the north there over the, over the past couple of weeks, we had a couple of babies. Uh, did and in 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 the republic as well. So to be honest about it, Pat, we're living in awful times, and you know wh- how people can take out that kind of vengeance, that kind of um, of re- of revenge on innocent babies inside and prams inside and cots and sleep in their beds. It's absolutely unbelievable, you know. And I mean, life appears to be now not what you know the the paper is written. And in, in other words, it's shocking behaviour with um, and what is behind it it's amazing there hasn't been any studies done it but yeah, I mean the domestic situations soon I mean I, I've had the debate a bit a bit and they're blaming lockdown for it they're blaming COVID for it people are going crazy at home but if they are to drink and uh, these revenge it, it appears to be a social it's a social uh, black spot at the moment these domestic attacks domestic um, injuries to women mostly and the deaths of women and no children babies inside their prams and inside their cots it's very very hard to take to take but very hard to find reason for it and we have to we have to look at it more i think because it's a real epidemic it, it is tom you're right and uh this, okay, people may have issues and, and, and it ends up in a row, but like it, it just goes to the extreme now. It goes beyond the row. It's the, it, they have to kill or they have to maim, they have to everything like that. But the, the tolerance level of people nowadays on issues like is probably zero compared to maybe what we grew up with. We'd, we'd put up with stuff and we'd work ways around it, but now it's just they just blow off the top and that's it and and they don't look at the consequences down down the road at all like we had 49 murders in ireland last year and i think we went up to 60 even maybe the year before i will say a lot of it okay is down to i suppose drink and drugs and stuff like that we were told during the lockdown we spoke here several times about off licenses being left open and the pubs closed and and there was complaints about that why weren't the pubs open if the off licenses are open and the argument seemed to be coming through is that oh they need to keep supplying the drink because if they hadn't the drink things would be worse than uh, in the home front and the 49 obviously is very high for Leicester because we were locked up for quite but a number of months serious incidents now but I mean killings murders appear to be revenge uh, in domestic situations, you know, and if you look at it, if you follow that, I mean, the trend, when you, you, you hear there's a person dead in, in Atlone or Mullingar or Dublin or Limerick, and after a few days then you hear there's all different names. There appears to be a lot of different situations domestically, the, the domestic now. People in casual relationships, babies being there, and then uh, people having serious roads. I mean, that last girl that was killed now, she, uh, was in Wicklow, was it? And uh, the, the fire brigade and uh, the people that yammered through 
Yes, they never saw the demonstration to a human being. They were, they were traumatised themselves. And these people are going to motor accidents and they're going to trauma situations every day. And they said, now, this, I've been following it like, fairly closely, and it, it appears to be break-up in relationships and revenge. And, you know, and even there is another trend that we speak about lately that I speak about anyway. It's international, like, arrangement, international partnerships and you know it, there is a trend in that regard as well so I mean I don't hear anyone kind of taking it up as an issue certainly in the dial it's not discussed at all Pat has raised it here tonight and raised it on numerous occasions but we never looked into the actual aspect why what happened okay we listen to the court cases and we say god that's a terrible that's awful what happened to that girl what happened to that man but then again the following week you have the same again in a different place so but the patterns appear to be the same break up in relationships and revenge like it's an awful it's an awful situation that a child an innocent child has to be a victim in that or a woman a mother you know, I mean, it's awful. And the condition of people driven with probably drink, drugs, definitely have to be a factor as well. But we don't hear anyone saying how it can be counteracted. Is, is, there, is it possible to counteract it, Tom? Sure, how, how do you know? What you, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. But and and how, how can authorities do anything about that? Does it not seem, in back in the 50s, I often referred to it in my young, young, young days, when somebody was murdered and we had only maybe four or five murders in the whole year or probably less in actual fact in many of those years you were only one or two murders Morris Moore, Kerry and other ones like that and my parents father you could the people of that generation could name the number of people who were murdered in the previous five years nowadays we can't even remember the one that was murdered last week it's taken for granted it's just another it's just, an, it's, it appears to be part of, of behaviour. Part of behaviour and behaviour patterns, we said, that are, you know, that, 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 and, and the age situation doesn't come into hell because you see people in their 20s and their 30s and 40s, people that are in long term relationships, and writing to break up of relationships is a major, is a major factor in this. Because you see, you have, you have then people like want let. The, the husband and the ex-husband see the children and the ex-partner see him. There's court cases going on. There's a, it's an awful, terrible mess in the, in that area at the moment. We're not talking about it. We're not. We're we're just skipping over it. And to be honest about it, it, it is something that has to be has to be looked at because it's definitely out of control now. But I see today, Pat and Christy, where they have now increased the actual. The, the death penalty, or not the death penalty, but the life sentence. If you're sentenced to life for murder, seven years was the term. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that that was it. But after seven years, you were liable to parole. To, 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 to parole. Now they've, they're guaranteeing that for twelve. They say you have to be twelve years now in prison before you can be considered for parole. And it's, there's no parole board being appointed, which is a good thing. You know, because they're very worse than to see murderers. Murderers, you can call nothing else. They have been convicted in, in, in the court of justice, the court of law. And the judge's hands are tied. He can say life, that's the sentence. And the point about it is they're out in the street and they're, they're meeting the people and relatives of the people and God and 
you know, and kind of even mocking him, you know, I mean, another situation, another situation that's very bad, and seems to be cropping up a lot, is the the, the assaults and the murder of toddlers in recent times. Well, Tom was speaking about that, actually, about the the amount of babies recently, and and, then horrific. How could anybody even contemplate yeah. it well, in the first place. You have to be. You couldn't do that to, uh, to a, a little dog, a, a little cat. You couldn't do it. You wouldn't do it to fly going up the wall, like, you know. Why is that situation coming in? We've had a lot of them in, in the past because number of I, years. I, I, well, well, Pat, you're going to be a real psychiatrist and, uh, and maybe more to, to, for to give a description of these people that commit these crimes, because they are crimes. But you see, I think myself that what it is is that uh, it's, it's, it, it results in behaviour on drink, after drink, and, you know, and rows, and, and, you know, people are blind, and, and rows, you should like. I mean, there's more cocaine being, being misnapped now than, than the nearly bread, you know. And the thing about it, it, it has to be, it has to come down to on, on, on human behaviour, human behaviour, like. I mean, and you see, it is a, there is a revenge factor. There's no doubt about that. And you have an awful lot of of, of relationships at the moment. And I'm no relationship. I know, like, I mean, anyone t- that I'd be talking about this because I know I very experienced it. I know nothing about, and not qualified in the area. But from looking at my own two eyes and listening to what's happening every day on the radio and on the television, and looking at what what's happening and what Pat is talking about, is that it's relationship break up and the and the constitution of relationships, you know, I mean, how, I mean, and how these babies are born and no one, no protection. They have the protection of the state. We see ourselves, that the frightening cases that have gone through at the moment, you know, it's absolutely shocking what's going on out there in the, out there in the world and we're in living in the awful times. Christy has lost his voice. I have no. I thought you were going. I thought you were going. Christy is the only microphone that's working. I thought you were going. We can't get a word out of him. I thought you were going for a break. Mark is on the phone on the other side. So so we'll just pause for a moment, folks, and we'll be back to just a moment's pause. Now we're just doing a small swap. Well, swap a gentleman this time. Is, I think Christy talks a little bit louder than Tom, even though Tom is fairly powerful when he gets mad as well. You'll hear him behind, so we'll see how that works for a few minutes. And we were talking just there before. Sorry for the disturbance, listener, but that's what happens when you have live radio, live. And the, 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 the shocking situation in recent times, I said, assaults and babies and toddlers, and, and in recent weeks we've had murders of two young toddlers. Well, you'd be, you'd be expecting a, 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 you'd be expecting a murder now nearly every week, the way it's happening. Well, there you'd is a murder a week on average as well. Yeah. there wasn't yeah. uh, one because there happens to be, it happens to be there every week and it's, it's not a surprise anymore. Years ago, if there was one in the year, you'd be surprised. Tom should have been more than about it. 
Well, there should be a call to that more than the world pet. First of all, it's not been discussed at all. It, it, it's, a, it's an area of, you know, that's, that's been left on its own, just let's develop away. These, I mean, these incidents and these assaults are taking place morning, noon, night. The actual, I, I believe myself that, you know, the sentences are definitely not, not strong enough. The action is not strong enough. And maybe our... our, our agency dealing with babies and, sh- and young children trust like is not effective enough because why they're, they're covered by all sorts of laws and regulations and rules about gdp and every kind of a of a law it's been put in their way as well so what do they do throw up their hands it's nearly out of control we can do i don't think they can do anything the girls are left with an awful job pet they're not trained in that area it is in their area still they're in the front line and they're being criticized and we, we see them being criticized there for not answering the 999 calls but i mean like so what can they do i mean we are two girls have been losing their life over domestic incidents in the last couple of years, two been in their prime. So, I mean, the whole thing is, you see, that our Justice Department and our, our definitely, like, our, our judges are not taking enough of, of a serious interest in this and putting very severe sentences on assaults and murders and, and people that are, are, are behaving that way. Now we'll hold it there, folks, and I thank Willie Ryan, Mike Barrett, Shirley, John in Ratkeel, and Margaret in Drumcolor, and they tell me we're doing very well just now with the latest swap of partners. It's like a dance around here, change partners. No, he's, what's wrong, Patty? Christy's got in cornerback. <laughs> he wouldn't, he, you know. Oh, so that, tell me I, was, I was, my man would beat me, and I'd have to be moved out of the way. The sound seems to be working that way, anyway, so we tell the two boys to raise their voices a little yeah. bit. So we go to Nedbrick, folks, we'll be back to you shortly. And we will be discussing, among other things, uh, there's a pony party on the Five Star Hotel and also the guard corruption here in Limerick, or alleged guard corruption. And Mick Clifford had a wonderful piece. If your guards were on to me today, would you ever raise it? I want to know why don't you go up to Dublin and start checking the corruption in the Gardaí in the Dublin area and the other divisions because it seems to be most unsettling for the Gardaí around the Limerick division and given it's a very bad name. And we'll back to you shortly. West Limerick 102. You are listening to the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 11th of August 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christy Kelly. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. for the sound problems we've had and as we said that's the glory of doing programs live you can't do much about it on the work as you go and if you want to text in or call in Marcus ran off his feet which was only people telling him that they were having difficulty with the sound and 0696600 or 087 Tom Ryan and Christy Kelly on the panels and we've got Tom Ryan moving him out from the wall so there was a huge improvement once we got him out of the full back position <laughs> and let him on to as I say we're working along the lines is the latest phrase I hear. Now gentlemen we're talking about stabbing uh, children, abuse children, baby murders and all sorts of things 
And in recent times, as you will have heard and seen, there seems to be a huge increase in the number of drug hauls that have been got. And of course, it's only a tip of the iceberg, Tom. Yeah, that's a shocking admission, Pat. That he, I heard it this morning, Michael Ryan, uh, Michael, Michael, uh, well, you see, he's, he's an Irish, he's head of uh, the Interpol Department, the, the Drugs International Drug Bureau. They found, I think, was about 20 tonnes of hash someplace off the coast of Spain yesterday. There was a 400 million pound or euros worth of drugs cut on the, on the there of, of Holland and brought into Ireland there by the, they're, they're giving great praise to the Irish authorities for their international uh, work in the, in locating these shipments. But I think myself that there'd be a lot more, there'd be a lot more, um, doing a better job if they, were look, if they were looking after the local areas and the local drug dealers who are well established, all money lenders, I mean, in the money, earning millions of euros, I mean, under the eyes of the authorities and particularly the eyes of the Gardaí who didn't know who they are, <laughs> and yeah. the revenue authorities and the Department of Justice. Ireland is riddled with drugs. Every area, every crossroads now there's a drug dealer, and everyone knows who they are. But still, not the guys won't pick them up. And if and why you wonder why? I mean, because that is really and it's going back. I remember, I mean, Limerick City when there was no drugs there. I mean, and all of a sudden you had your gangs in the different areas, different housing estates, different districts, and now they're all driving huge cars. They have huge properties. They're flying all over the world, and they're and. What are they, what are they, have the authorities done about it? I believe myself that there, there has to be competition within the levels of the Gardaí, that, that the, the drugs unit are not liaising with the ordinary Gardaí. They have the information on the ground, and the cab are not doing their job either. We hear one case, it takes five years to confiscate, I mean, motor cars. Everyone knew that they were, they were the, the work of drug gangs and the work of drug cash being laundered. That's happening wholesale. Well, what's the big delay about? What are the Gardaí doing about it? What are the superintendents doing about it? Now, you have a fan in Ratkeel. Tom Ryan is right. We were once a country of Christian values, but now we are fast becoming legalistic. So says Mary in Ratkeel. And Christy... Yes, I'm sure Tom is right. We, we, we all hear of the roads that basically in every parish there's... there's there's probably a, a family or two in every parish dealing in them one way or another. Like the, 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 there's a distribution net, network there out there for the big boys, and uh, if people are able to get drugs, obviously they'll get them from somewhere. And I don't know why there aren't enough undercover guardia around the place to, to 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 locate all these lads and round them up. I, I, as Tom says, it takes it takes so bloody long when they when they when they find people in possession. It takes them so long to go through the courts, and you have all kind of legal things in and. It's all dragged out and there don't seem to be any deterrent there. For now, last week or week before, we, we had Anne Ryan from Eskeaton and houses crumbling in Eskeaton, Clare, Donegal, and now there's a, in, in the papers in the past couple of days in Scarries in Dublin. So that should help the cause of the people out in the West, seeing that Dublin are having a problem with houses cracking up as well. Now, and there's a Zapponi party in a five-star hotel and I'm reading from the Weekly Observer on the 11th of August, which is today. <coughs> and I must say the, the, the 
correspondent there, the, the, the columnist that does to comment on that. He, he, he's very much worth reading. Many people might just skip it, but it's worth reading. His last week's shenanigans at the Marion Hotel were just about the last straw, as far as I'm concerned. It was a ludicrous situation that should never have occurred for more reasons than just a misinterpretation of guidelines. It was just too, one too many. And he goes on about it in about everyone locked up for the, and I just skipped the middle part. But these rules appear to be for us ordinary people. Those in positions of power and authority, it appears, can bend the rules to suit their own purposes. When it becomes acceptable at government level to host a party of 200 people in the five-star Marion Hotel, something has to be wrong. Misunderstood guidelines or not. It happened in Clifton. It happened at the RTE studios. And we'll never know where else it happened. The anger and frustration felt at the hypocrisy of the ruling classes in regards to the lockdown is evident. We were never, we were never in this together. Finally, last night, the Taoiseach, the Tarnished and I sat in my living room. Now, uh, this is my quote here, that we had, the, the, we had Leo Varadkar on the television. He, he apologised for attending it. He is the guy that was making the rules. He is the guy that's on the television, radios, morning, noon and night, telling us all what to do. And then he comes unapologising for something he shouldn't have done himself, he says. Finally, last night, Tisha Tarnish and I sat in my living room discussing the whole sorry affair. I did my best to try to steer them in a direction that I felt would benefit all of us. The scenario turned nightmarish when all I heard in return was loud laughter. I was glad to wake up from that dream, but angry that those two had invaded my sleep. I've made a mental note to myself to turn off the television in the foreseeable future. <laughs> now, that's the pony thing, Tom. There was 50 plus at it. We've only heard about the few. We haven't heard about all the others that were at it. Five stars, 200 people. The tellers afterwards to change the rules to suit the characters that were there. Yeah, well, the only factor here, Pat, is that, uh, you know, this is a drip feed situation from the, you know, from the fallout there of the appointment of uh, Catherine Safone uh, to that appointment in the UK, uh, with the, in the United Nations. Again, uh, for the solar run by, by I say, Coveney, really, and Froley Press, it was his department that were linked uh, to her. And she looked for the job and she got it, and then she couldn't take it. She refused it. She had turned it down and made a whole ass of the government and everything. Do you think, Tom, she might be looking for her money back from the party now that saying that she went celebrating it and now didn't, she's not getting it at all? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> well, she probably, they'll probably find some way to give that her, 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 her back there too. But um, the, the, the worrying the, the whole worrying factor here and the undermining of the actual of the government and I mean the cabinet was the advice of the attorney general that hasn't been taken that hasn't been that, we're, we're taking advice from a solicitor he, he, he according to you know tradition he has like he's like the Pope he's infallible but this particular case, like it's like the judiciary, we're not supposed to even talk about him. He gave out, I mean, he definitely uh, gave a retrospective ruling here. That, and there's no other way of, of saying it. And again, to cover up Leo Radical and his associates that attended that party. You know, and it's a pure, it's a, a disgrace. But then again, look, if it was election tomorrow morning, he'd head a poll above in his own constituency 
for so the people like we can we're here complaining for the people have said to me you're sure I'll give an outing you give not about this thing give not about that but these people are elected like our council last week like, like the, when he was mayor of Limerick he could go in and he could congratulate and all concerned for the building of a housing estate inside the middle of Limerick City which was badly wanted last week he went on local radio and, he, and his local area here in Ratkeel that was council um, Kerry, and he said that there has to be an investigation into it. I mean, oh, hypocrisy, you couldn't make it up. But still in all, they're all voted for, and they're put into power, let it be a councillor, or let it be a TD, or a minister. So the people like don't in, in Ireland, in England, and you and I would be the last one to be caught in England for anything, but it, they usually fall on their sword, and they, when they do something wrong, like we saw there with the Minister for Health when he had that bit of an affair with his secretary or something, beat her ear off or something or licked her ear or something and kissed her, like he had to resign. So now, like, I mean, here, Frederick, Coveney, Michal Martin and the Minister for all of them, they can see him, they do what they like and say, I apologise. It's the most prostituted word in the English language, I apologise. Yeah, they're, they're, like they're making a totem mockery of democracy at the moment. They're, 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 they're just, they make up their own rules for themselves and now, if it was legal, why did he apologise? He didn't have to apologise. Yeah. And Batchik did the same thing. Yes. Now, what I'm, what I'm just wondering <laughs> is what more politicians were there. Because the opposition are very silent in all this. How many of them were there? There are a number of names from, from the, the left actually being named, being named on social media that were there, whether they were there or not. But there is no statement coming out from their parties whether they were there or not. So they are very silent on it. Uh, the only ones that are speaking up for for Varadkar are the ones in Fianna Fáil, seemingly. So, like, I don't know, Fianna Fáil must be thinking of joining Fine Gael, but they're the one party anyway, the same thing. But, uh, and, and, and to make things worse, last week, uh, above in Galway, in a bookshop, our president, who signed all these laws into, bills into law, he was going around the bookshop without a mask. Yeah. And he mingling with staff. So, like... They are telling us one thing. It's not we were speaking about um, people and and not uh, obeying the COVID rules and the and the numbers going up. But it's, when they look at these things happening, you'd say like they are probably have lost faith in the whole system, and and that's why the, a lot of what's happening is happening. Yeah, it was shocking, though, Christy. Like over the president, you know, for to, to be so negligent, you know, and so and so careless. Like, I mean, you know, for to yeah. He was complaining about he hadn't enough t- t- hours in the day to sign bills. That's right, he, he did. He said he was, get, he was getting too many of them, he said. There were too many of them coming in, you know. I don't know, you, you couldn't make this up. Like, it, yeah. it, it just, it's just crazy. Did I, I, I honestly don't know why Varadkar hasn't resigned, because he should be resigned. I, I, I see on my machine, Ogre Fianna Fáil, mm. youth Fianna Fáil has called for Leo Varadkar's resignation today. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll say a yeah. few years ago when Zappone, when she was in the Shannon as a senator, 
she was speaking up about uh, the northern and wing culture of state uh, bo uh, appointments to state boards and now she went along with it herself she actually asked for it yeah or, or more or less asked for it anyway she was sussing out to see if there was anything available and a job was made made for her but sure christy yeah it wasn't made up sure it was yeah. made up but christy look as long as water's flowing in this country everything all appointments to public bodies to the judiciary as well were all made in a in a wink and a political a, a political like alliance and and cronyism and that we can't change that it's like the, what we spoke about a while ago can we change the culture of people killing can we change the drug culture we can't it's out of, out of control this is out of control as well because the idiots that run this country will be tolerated no place in any democracy in any in, in Europe or anywhere else they wouldn't be tolerated that kind of behaviour the double standards and, and the actual incompetence of them you know how I, I often think to myself I said how in the name of God this country can keep Born like, and with the with the they the carry on in every department like I mean of the country. How it can keep going? It must be. I, I, it would be what uh, like a thesis like in itself, because it's not it's not been led and hasn't been for years. Go back to Hahi. Go back to go back to. I mean, like all of them. You're the same thing. You know. I mean, the, 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 the incompetence of them and the way that. But the way they're all elected. They're all people are voting for all them, and you know that, and I know that. We probably we had at least with the courage to put. It. You went for the local election. I went for the all. I went for the election, and we got our answer. People don't want us. People don't want people that 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 will have issues and debate and look for answers anyway. Well, we're just Treated as being negative, and that's it. But yeah. we, 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 speak, we speak. But they'll vote yeah, for people, speak, but they'll vote for hypocrites, all right? Like, they will, yeah. you know, they'll vote for them. We know you that, see. People that will yeah. put in that expenses <coughs> and double expenses in the case of some Now, folks, we're heading up to a time for an ad break, and when we come back after the ad break, I think we'll give it quite a bit of time. It is when will guard corruption probe spread to Dublin, as we know. <coughs> Again, last weekend, we had 13 more members of the force here in Limerick interviewed, and we had a high-ranking officer was also interviewed in the Limerick division last weekend, but the, the ordinary guard was interviewed in guard stations, while the senior officer was interviewed in the luxury of a solicitor's office. So Mick Clifford has a has followed this quite a bit over the papers and a number of Gardaí were on to me on this one in recent days so we will quote quite a bit on that one it just seems extraordinary that this thing has gone on now for quite a number of years a lot of Gardaí are suspended and those who are not suspended I'd say a lot of them are shaking in their boots because it looks like if you square the ticket so to speak or fix the summons for somebody you could find yourself in a serious situation so we'll be back. To, we'll come back to that and discuss that in some detail just after the outbreak. Back to you shortly. West Limerick 102. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 11th of August 2021 from 9:30 to 11 p.m. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christy Kelly. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text; otherwise, you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West, your local community radio station. And best wishes to the people in County Clare. We got a few messages in there from them. I was up around there today and I could hear it loud and clear up near Milton Malve and down along the coast and <coughs> off out Lampish <coughs> and all those places along there in Balnacalli, etc. So I don't know whether I'll hear it loud and clear tonight or not. The messages are coming in a bit mixed. Some say it's coming in loud and clear, and others say it's still a bit dodgy. Anyway, if yeah. you want to text in or call in 69 or 087-166-9800. As I said, we would speak about guards tonight. We've often spoken about Gardy. Sometimes we praise them and sometimes we do not. But this is what Mick Clifford says. When will the major inquiry into Garda corruption spread to Dublin? Currently, what has been repeatedly referred to in the media as corruption probe is taking place in the Limerick Division of Ungarda Shikana. Indeed, early in this particular Garda thing, it was in Munster they used to call it, but now they have it specified to Limerick. At the weekend, it was reported that a senior officer was interviewed by the Garda National Bureau of Criminal Investigation, NBCI, in connection with the corruption. On Monday, the Irish Examiner reported 13 members of the force were interviewed that day in a Limerick Garda station as part of the inquiry. <coughs> Notably, the senior Garda referenced above was interviewed not in the station but in his solicitor's office, a detail that requires further examination. The inquiry has been ongoing for nearly two years. Somewhere north of 100 Garda are reported to have been interviewed along with dozens of members of the public, many in both cases under caution indicating that they are suspects in a crime. Four members of the force and a retired senior member have been charged as part of the investigation. Five other members of the traffic corps have been suspended since November 2020. Last month, the president of the Garda Representative Association, Frank Thornton, issued a circular to members in the Limerick Division, noting there was plummeting morale, as the investigation was causing trauma and mental torture to members. The inquiry is centred on the cancellation of fixed charge penalty notices, FCPNs, for mortaring offences. This practice was epidemic in the force prior to the emergence of claims by former Sergeant Morris McCabe in 2013 and 14. Following that, major reforms were undertaken and all the indications are that the level of malpractice was greatly reduced. However, it appears that it has persisted in some quarters, albeit on a much less frequent basis. Cancelling or squaring of tickets, as it is known, is completely contrary to regulations and could be interpreted as breaking the law. If some feel they can ignore motoring offences, then road safety can be compromised. Also, if there is one law for prominent citizens and friends and family of Gardaí and another for everybody else, the system falls into disrepute. Notwithstanding that, transgressions in recent years were dealt with internally through the disciplinary process. Now all has changed. It would appear, or at least it has in Limerick, the optics suggest that a zero tolerance in squaring tickets is being applied to Gardaí in the city. The Dublin-based NBCI is for the first time investigating the malpractice. There are, however, some disturbing features to the investigation which give rise to the questions as to whether all is as it appears to be. The main culpability for squaring tickets lies with senior officers, usually of the rank of superintendent or above. They are the ones contacted by the offending motorists trying to have their tickets squared, sorted out. The senior member then requests the square from the frontline member who detected the motoring offence. 
that rank and file member might be forgiven for interpreting the request as an order or a suggestion freed with all the power that comes from a senior colleague in a disciplined force. Rank and file guard usually young often green would in some instances require a strong sense of self to tell the senior colleague to take a hike that he or she will not be revisiting his issuing of the ticket yet it is the rank and file guardi who are being treated as the main culprits ordinary members have been arrested interviewed under caution had their phones confiscated and in the cases cited above suspended Reports emanating from the investigation suggest that some have been shaken down in interviews, told to cooperate or find a new job. Meanwhile, there have been little about senior members at the nexus of the squaring of the tickets. No serving member has been suspended. No senior serving member has been suspended. The case reported at the weekend was the first instance of a senior serving member being interviewed in this phase of the investigation. The interview took place in the pleasant and unthreatening environment of a solicitor's office rather than in a guard station where rank and file members were interviewed. For whom is the zero tolerance approach being adopted? Is this a case of sticking it to the rank and file instead of concentrating on where the problem arises? If so, why? <coughs> Equally, why is it being confined <coughs> to Limerick? There is absolutely nothing to suggest that the Gardaí in Limerick are more prone to this malpractice than colleagues elsewhere. If anything, it is likely to be far more widespread in somewhere such as Dublin due to population, not to mind the presence in the capital of practically all national units of the force. Wouldn't it be a delicious irony, for instance, if someone in the NBCI past or present had ever requested a square? In any event, if the focus shifted to Dublin, the investigation officers of the NBCI who have been trucking up and down to Limerick for the past two years chasing <coughs> squares wouldn't even have to leave home to continue their own investigations. If a zero-tolerance approach is being adopted, then it is inconceivable that the sleuths from the specialist unit would not turn their focus in, on Dublin and its hinterland in the absence of any such pivot, and in light of the completely unequal treatment of senior and ordinary members in Limerick, who may or may not be implicated, serious questions arise. Is this operation a genuine police investigation following all the long-standing tenets of investigation work? including the application of proper proportionality in the absence of bias. If not, then what exactly is going on? Police in any functioning democracy have huge power at their disposal. Any suspicion that such power could be subject to misuse should be a cause for alarm. As of yet, nothing concrete has emerged to suggest that power is being misused in this investigation. But there are disturbing questions that remain unanswered. Despite that, few and other centres of power, government, policing, oversight bodies, even the media, appear to have any concerns about the matter. That of itself provides plenty of food for thought. And as a number of guardians said to me, you can be reading between the lines of some of the innuendos in that comment, Tom. Yeah, <coughs> it's, a powerful, it's a powerful piece, Pat. And uh, Michael Clifford is a top-class investigative journalist. But to, to be honest about it, Pat, the double standards that, that, that apply here are alarming and frightening, you know, and they have actually, you know, it's a very worrying, 
it's a very worrying development going forward that so, there is so much time now being taken up at both sides of the divide here like that uh, where you know that army policing ordinary job of the Gardaí are definitely compromised by all this I have great respect I mean for, for the Gardaí certainly you know a lot of the actual cases everyone knows that cases have been squared I mean, and the, I mean, the media. Uh, uh, this is the first kind of um, of a media delve into the the story. You now, putting putting you know putting the pieces together for the army, for the army people, for the army public, and to see that uh, <coughs> it started off with, like really and truly, you know, after the McCabe situation. And if you if if we go back to the tribunal that, that was set up for to look after things in Donegal after when the, with that tribunal there at the time and the guard were in the middle of that as well. And it continued within the management and within the high-ranking commissions in the yard, the superintendents. There is a superintendent. I mean, he was suspended and then he was he, he left and uh, he, res- he resigned. A lot of this uh, case goes back to that. And there were other there are other leading guardies as well waiting to be charged as well. But he must be an awful situation for ordinary Gardaí to be you now to be questioned, taken into a police station and questioned about something that you were ordered to do by a high ranking officer and he's had the actual support of his solicitor or in the, in a solicitor's office. But I, I presume that the Gardaí themselves and their representative body should be and have been allotted the uh, solicitors, top solicitors and barristers to defend them in this instance. This could, this could actually, this challenge the constitution, in my opinion. And I, 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 there is no, there is no solving of it because any, I mean, most people know that cases have been quashed. Not, I don't advocate that. No, under no circumstance, but it has been done. And like, why not just say, look, what can we do? Sack all the guards, charge them with, I mean, breaking the law and maybe put them into prison. I mean, and, and, and say, look, you, uh, you, you, you have a duty and they broke their, their bond. So what's going to happen? How can it be solved? I believe myself that the time and the money and how long this thing is going to run will destroy the force, number one, and will take away the, any confidence that they, that, that they would have. It will shatter the confidence and the very, very soul of the Gardaí, this behaviour. Well, I wouldn't <coughs> be up to speed on this, uh, this to be honest, because uh, <laughs> the fact that, uh, that the senior ranking uh, uh, officers that are... Um, setting out or doing all the squashing and, and dictating to the lower ranks to, to, to basically not maybe turn up in court or whatever or to, 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 so that the case wouldn't be held or the, the case would be thrown out. It's, it's a disgrace. Like, and it has to be a, a, a real downer for the, for the lower levels of Gardaí who are, who are doing that job and uh, bringing cases and, and to see it, this, this happening. And surely, uh, I, I don't know, it, it must be people of influence that are looking for cases to be squashed because I don't think the army Joe on the street to bring uh, up the superintendent or whoever to, to squash a case that he would do it for you. Like, so it must be some people of influence that don't want to, 
that their names are all over the, the media that are, are doing it. But you see, Chrissy, this is drip feed. We have, we have you know, it's, it's gone on and on and on. You know, like, <clears throat> there are cases, some people are, have been charged, five, I think, have been charged. And now we, we have another another cluster. There are a lot of guards suspended, a lot of guards under caution, being questioned. Their phones have been taken off from, you know, and they've been investigated and everything. Look at the times that that's, that's taken. And and really and truly, what's going to be the outcome of it? It isn't going to, it isn't going to, uh, to be able to be solved because it's happening all over the country, really. And it's no good talking about Limerick. It, it, it happened in every Garda division. And we have often quoted here, night after night, the management within the Garda divisions and the responsibility of, the, of those superintendents and assistant commissioners and all the, the, these lovely titles that they have, they appear to be able to kind of go unquestioned about the, what happens in their divisions and under their, under their governance. You know, that's, that's what puzzles me. They're, they're, we're all talking about crime, we're talking about drugs, and we're talking about this, but what about the people that are, that are being paid and being paid big salaries and pensions and conditions to ensure that that crime is taken on and and be and crackled. And that they're most the time they've been investigating their own for fixing speeding cases and maybe other cases that are maybe... So we, we had in the, in the Garden <coughs> Training College all the bank accounts and all the money that was going astray there. Yes, and you had that, yeah. You're right, right there, Chris. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. So, like, that's you going had. on where, where, where the, our young Garden are being trained. Yeah. And, and the, 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 that was going on. And, and the <coughs> most... Everyone but, knows yeah. what happened to Morris McCabe and what they, they were trying to... He was, they were trying to frame him and destroy his uh, career. But in our fairness, Christy, like, it's a, it's a shocking scenario that, 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 that they're allowed to do that. I mean, we have a police commission, we have a guardian commission, we have a guardian uh, oversight body. I mean, um, we had Joseph Feli with chairman of that, and uh, we had, um, you know, we have two or three bodies, like we have GSAT, which in GSAC we have them investigating the girls, but they appear to be able, to, they appear to have a kind of a situation that they can do what they like, and that they can, and they, 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 we have a commission off in the north, and, and, and like, and I don't think he has, he has set the world on fire since he took it over. So, I mean, what, what is, what is really is, our tradition here, and our record, and history in the Gardaí is shocking at the top, management-wise, you know, I mean, and it's all then brought down to the men, the Gardaí out in the squad car, going into houses, trying to solve domestics, out in, out in facing the criminals on the ground with very little support and very little backup. If you try, if you follow now uh, a car that's been stolen, if you even, if you even pass it in the road, you, you're investigated. The nonsense and, and the stupidity and the lack of, 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 Technical management and proper management is unbelievable. That's what it is. Unbelievable. Now, there's a message in here. Jim in Newcastle West, if local guardian know about the corruption in Dublin, let them make a statement under disclosed protection. And Dennis O'Connor in Akadari, Texas in the All-Ireland holding final. Young people have been charged 90 euros. Why can they charge that much? I think Dennis, the GA can do what they like, and most people nowadays can charge what they like as well. And back to the Gardaí situation, as many people will know who listen to me over the years, I was in America over 50 years ago with 
in the hotel business in the police at the time it was called Intimate in Parkersburg in West Virginia and the banks of the Ohio and they used to take this young Irish lad off in Devens with him around the, the patrolling the highways of West Virginia in those times and I was about uh, early 20s and they would stop cars for um, maybe a light or front light or back light and they told them get it fixed, pop into the station when they had it fixed and move on. I said that I was after getting a ticket night or a summons to go to court because I had one headlight. And another time I was down 32 in a spe speeding area for 30. These are in the, the very early days and they just said they couldn't believe it. It didn't make sense that when you summons people, little Mickey Mouse, silly things like that, then they're looking for cooperation of the people. It was stupid then, and it is stupid now, and it still is stupid in my opinion. I don't see much wrong with a guard, as they call square and harmless kind of a summons. But nowadays you have the problem where the senior guy is telling the new guard to do it, and then when something goes wrong, the young guard is on his own, because there's no written trail, so to speak, to follow it. But listeners and, and, and panel in front of me, from my understanding, talking to Gaudi, that they're literally in a, a, a distressed state, many of them, because you can hardly meet a Gaudi in, in the state that hasn't pulled some summons somewhere or other. And now it's classed as a serious phase of corruption, Tom. Yeah, well, sure, Pat. Minor little things. This is it. These are my. These are, well, if we call them minor things, we'll be accused of condoning them. You know, so we can, you can win in this situation, Pat. But Pat, you you are with a unique unit in America. I'll tell you that because I had a little, I had a, a couple of vocations in in, in the town of Beach and in Orlando, like when they, when we had, when we were uh, 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 when we were accosted by the local the, the local police and they were they were bullies they wouldn't take actually like the people that you met you're lucky because we were nearly arrested and sent back to Ireland for nothing over carrying an extra passage in the car but so I could I, understand that in your case Tom because you were a bunch of wild Irish <laughs> fellas all in their 20s I'm talking about 11 o'clock in the morning now Pat don't, don't get me wrong or listeners but Pat you, you're right these are, are, are very they're minor things they're not criminal offences they're minor and you know the time that's been wasted and the pressure and the and the anxiety now that's attached to the guard every every guard that puts on the uniform in the morning he doesn't know what he's going to get a call that day from this unit in dublin they're like the stasi now like that's what they're like you know and they're they're terrorizing their own force but the, i i believe past that What's wrong, and, I said, and we said it in this programme, Pat, and before ever Michael Tiffer wrote the article, we are clear and record on it, that the GRA should stand up here and they, they definitely like the, the unit for the, that, that represents the inspectors and sergeants. They're the two lower-ranking organisations representing the Gardaí. They should stand up here and take a stand against this. And because everybody, there's an awful lot of, I told you that, and you told me that, and you, and, I mean, I was, I was ac actually told that at, at an interview that one of the people that was questioned about carrying out and uh, maybe um, dropping cases on the instruction of a superintendent who was well known, and he was questioned, and the man that was sitting on that board, on that, at that, at, across the table, had actually requested uh, 
a summons to be quashed. And when he addressed him, and when he said, you are in no position to be there, he was just ignored. You're here to answer charges. It's the same as, it's really and truly, it's unbelievable what's going on. And someone has to say, stop to all this. The people who should say, stop, are the actual people that represent the county. <clears throat> the GRA are very silent at it. And of course, if they come out in, we have all the do-gooders. Oh, you're now representing people that drop cases. And it's a big, this is a mess. It can't be solved. It can never be solved. So drop it and move on and make sure that it doesn't happen anymore. But, but, but we're talking about stuff now that's happening in, in, in the background that, that, that happens and, and we say it's not out in, in the public as we can't prove it or such. It's just being said and whatever, uh -huh. right? But then you have court cases. The court cases come, the, the guards do their work, they bring cases to court and you have judges throwing them out or passing weird sentences and, 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 and giving maybe a Latin slap in the hand and you have lads getting off now with him. The next thing you'll hear, they murder somebody and they're after maybe 200 convictions and, and nothing happened then. But and, and, and the guards build up cases and they spend a lot of time on cases that need to be, need to be solved and they're squashed. But the system should be much more transparent and more handled in a better manner than it is. For example, I was at a famous old case a few years ago in here in Newcastle West over a seat belt with a guard that's no longer in the division. So he's not one of them anyway. So I, I was pulled for having a, no seat belt and we went to court and <coughs> we went to appeal to the circuit court the second time round. But, but when I went to court, the, the guard, when, when that judge lady comes, arrives in the morning, she's no longer with us. She's no longer with us. When she arrived, the guard went out and he took her briefcase. He opened the door for her first here in Newcastle West. And I, I'm sure it still happens. I haven't watched them now because there's so much of a crowd standing outside around it nowadays. The guard goes out. He opens the door, of the, the driver's door, to get the... Uh, judge out of the car for to, to help him and then he goes to the back seat or she goes to the back seat to take out the briefcase to carry in for the judge and here am i or anybody else like me you're in sight before that judge with the same guard given evidence and i listened to that judge then say that this guard is a very experienced guard he's this that and the other thing in other words you're only a tug in from the street i know nothing about you i know him because he carries in my briefcase every week i'm here that shouldn't be tolerated under any circumstances. That's fact. Well, the separation of powers element should definitely like, I mean, come into play with our judiciary. And it doesn't, because we know that. We know very well. We, Christie has covered it there already. We've seen sentences, and, and you couldn't make them up. You know, and these people are, are you know, their political appointments, 90% of them, 100% of them, if you like. And in actual fact, and when our Minister of Politics began the the, the method last he said, when he went to change it, he was quashed. He, he last he said in, like the minister for the men that were in the Olympic Games, and what's his name, just last, in the last government. And uh, so that's, you see, you Shane have... Ross. A, yes, Shane Ross, yeah. And he's a man that has an awful lot of knowledge now. He, he's written a book. I said it's worth getting and reading it, because I know that said he shouldn't, he, he disclosed the secrets of cabinet, if you don't mind. Secrets of cabinet. And we have a judiciary that can actually, I mean, give unbelievable sentences, like, for different, for the same case. We had our, our Supreme Court 
these people that we have to bow down to, and maybe not are here when their names are mentioned, said that the unborn had no rights. Imagine, imagine that, that the unborn had no rights after after two people being, a woman with twins being blown up above by, by, by uh, terrorists above a normal like, I mean, you know, and they say these, these infants and these unborn have no rights. So we have, we have a desperate <coughs> situation, and we've spoken about it here on numerous occasions, and the way they, and I quote him again, A.J. Chopra left Ireland, and he said, I don't ever want to see this place again. <laughs> and the one area, he said, that, that can't be even attempted to tackle is our legal, and our legal system and our justice system. Out right. of all, uh, can nothing be done. And here today, tonight, we're talking about it. And what can be done about it? It is like can't the, about the legal people. system, the civil service, they're all appointed by politi- uh, political appointments from and the... It's, own, it's unbelievable. Like, I, mean, I mean, how they can sleep at night and how they can say like, that, that, they're, that they're an honour the oath of office that they take when they sit above the bench and say, like, and, and, and it's the same thing. If we, it's the, you see, we've said it on numerous occasions here. The training of the Gardaí, first of all, and our public sector in general, the first thing they need is common sense and a bit of manners and it could solve 80% of the problem. Just be nice to people. We have people now, we have people being women, taking children to school, their cars being taken off them. Imagine, imagine that. And criminals robbing and, and murdering the Linton Bristol estate. And we have, and people have the, the people that are out there trying to make a living, trying to do the best they can, and they've been harassed. It's now, folks, we'll hold you there. There are some very nice county, and there are some very, some that aren't so nice at all, indeed. You'd often hear different people are stopped. Now, hello, Pat. Sound is far from hectic this evening. <coughs> Normally, I can get you loud and clear on the airwaves here in my kitchen in Kilmallock while I'm having a nice cup of tea. Can the panel please give their view on the following Islamic farmer located in Ballyneath? He has to dump his milk as his dairy goat hall and now refuse to collect his milk. I read that the, the farmer has had several warnings from the, from the cork milk hauler that he needs to cut his hedge on both sides of the road before they will take the milk and in their new shiny lorry, the one going the past because it's getting scratched. The farmer has been contacted by the paper this week totally denies being asked to cut the hedge by the the farmer has been has been outside county limerick council offices in doradile all week with a sign stating council refused to cut my hedge and is denying my livelihood the council was asked to comment and said it was the responsibility of the farmer to cut his own hedge they state that the council was resurfacing this road earlier this week and maintaining the hedge of the farmer hunted the council staff and got abuse of the council staff and said it was a private road and they were trespassing now all of a sudden the farmer feels the council should maintain I don't know whether that many quote is right or not the council has charged of this public road since 1942 but they will not be I'll hold that there now because you're making a lot of statements and the main factor that it's that, that, that whole matter is 
that the hedge is grown quite wide as most hedges are at this time of the year now because they haven't allowed to cut them and then when the heavy rain came it pushed everything out in the road a little bit more so it made it very narrow the council claim of course that it is the farmer's responsibility to cut the hedge his hedge and equally the farmer said that in a previous court case the council stated that they they were responsible in as far as the hedge now whether it was in as far as the hedge gentlemen or whether it was up on top of the hedge or whether they came within inches of the hedge the, 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 the county councils we all know claim that it is the landowner's responsibility to keep his hedges cut back now I have made the point here for many years back to every county councillor and I might as well be howling at the moon as talking to the county councillors because nothing ever happened and that was ladies and gentlemen listening to me and the two boys in front of me Two gentlemen, I should say. That you go round bins around West Limerick or any part of Limerick indeed, and you, you can barely see the cement palings all the way around coming to the bend, around the bend, and after going around the bend, you can just barely see the cement inside where there's trees and briars and bushes growing up, and you just can't see around the bend. It's very dangerous. When the council back in the 60s, 70s, we had no money, they took away the whole bend out of it, took away all the bushes and briars and put concrete paling there. But now the briars and the bushes have grown up through the concrete paling and nobody's cutting it. But, but Pat, just a, a shot on that there. I, I live in an avenue and it's a, it's a public road. I have to maintain the hedge and, and like, I mean, and if you want your projects collected, I mean, these trucks are big. They are new. They have to be in tip-top condition, and people cannot. Uh, can, and the owners of them are, are are under a lot of pressure from the from the dairies and from the from the likes of Glenby <coughs> and Dairy Gold, Kelly, to have their trucks in top order. They have to be able to access and that alone the roadway in but also the actual area within the yard where they can turn that truck safely without, uh, without doing any damage to the truck and they have plenty of room and that's a lot of nonsense. Those, those people that that, that uh, make issues about that, you know, I mean, hardly worth talking about them because if, if it's your livelihood and, and if it's all that's involved is cutting a hedge and maintaining a road, now, whatever about them, and we've criticised the council here more, more than any other unit, but the, the roads department in the Limerick County Council will facilitate anyone. They'll go even to places that they're not even supposed to go and with the local, because they're, tip, they're top class local overseers and area managers that will, that will see reason and, and I'm sure if that gentleman in question there was a reasonable person, well then there'd be no problem. They would look at we can say he's not reasonable, but the we law is that, that, you mean, cannot, that you cannot cut from the 1st of March to the 1st of September. Like a, a, I, an unreasonable I, I, argument. Anyway. Yeah. I, I have a big issue with that, 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 that the, the season that are six months there that you can cut the hedges because okay it's it's about birds nesting and stuff like that yeah. but there's no birds going to be nesting on the side of the road where there's trucks and traffic passing every couple of minutes like you know that they're just not and i can't see why uh, farmers or landowners are not allowed to cut them throughout the year uh, okay not cut the hedges inside but outside on the side of the road, even at a lower level, even the briars and stuff that's going yeah. out, it would, it would, uh, a certain amount of it could be allowed to be cut. Now, and and I, I have an issue actually with the hit, cutting hedges. Long ago, like we said, the council did so many things long ago that they aren't doing now and they had less money. And, and there seems to be 
Loads of money going in now, but wherever it's going, it's probably administration. There's lots more but staff we'll say you, you, could, you could be a landowner and all you might have is a, is a, is a passage in off of the road. So you have no road frontage. Uh, you, mightn't ha- you mightn't have road frontage. Uh, Light up the road might have 20 acres and it might be all along the road, so he'd be expected to keep up the whole road for everyone. So I, I think there's a bit of unfairness. Tom, I think, I think yeah. there should be a, a grand system there yeah. for, for landowners we, for we to cut the hedges. People complaining now, I, I drive a van as well as a car, and it's quite a large one. And put between Ballingarry and Ratkeel now, for example, the road I travel quite a bit, and you meet a big vehicle and your wing mirror is getting damaged or clipped or pushed in because of the bushes and br- coming out so far. But back to the original case that you cannot cut between the 1st of March and the 1st of September, that's law. Some people say it shouldn't be that deep into, should be earlier in August. But there is nothing to stop them cutting their hedges in February for them to have to cut and have it cut back by then and it wouldn't be Correct. troublesome at this I time think, of the year. I agree with Given you. Give it a proper cutting. That's what I'm saying. But you know. if they are cut back, they grow up at. That's yeah. the growing stuff. Oh, so if they're well, they cut, well cut back, well cut back. No? Okay, yeah. They're only half cut in the front of them. Like. But Pat, you know, if if, if, we, if, mind if I just uh, change the subject a small bit, and I think of the old Olympians and uh, the, uh, the, the, the athletes that went to Tokyo, you know, and pay service to the to to to, to all the athletes, the, the 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 in particular the people that didn't win any medals and acknowledge the work the work that they had put in, I mean to compete under the national flag, you know, I mean Im Kelly was a wonderful and the, the, the roles and the boxers they were wonderful representatives and it's great to see them win the medals. But we can't forget the other competitors who really and truly went through heaven, went through hell and earth to qualify, you know, okay, and at, at enormous cost to themselves and their families. We have to definitely pay tribute to them because it's, it, I think it's highly unfair to uh, what has happened in the last, with the media, for the last couple of days, in particular since, I mean, Kelly Arrington won the actual gold medal. It's a great achievement and no one will ever deny that. But you have to look at the overall picture and to see how, how the media and in public, particularly the politicians and the media in general, can grasp onto boxing and, and all of a sudden they're all boxing, you know. But, you know, the people that keep the boxing clubs going, they need support. We have a wonderful boxing club in Rakeel. Uh, I visited there, we say, like on a couple of occasions, and saw the work that they do there. And the people that 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 them that run it, I mean, they need great credit and support. And also, they, they run the athletics. I know that they have the athletic track here in Newcastle West. It's a wonderful achievement. But these people, they very rarely get credit, and they want. We should be supporting them more. More and more, all these athletes need our different because they are doing a wonderful job. Win, lose, or draw. Sean Maloney in Eskaton. Sean, that answers your question. What does the panel think of Kelly Harrington winning the gold in the Olympics? Uh, it would seem we had two gold in Skibbereen, two lads in Skibbereen, plus a silver. And I, my personal opinion is that there wasn't too much about them really compared to the amount of hype there is for the one gold in Dublin. But another comment there was 90 euros for tickets for the All-Ireland final. It's getting expensive, especially for children. 
Well, a family go. It, 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 it is. It, 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 they don't give any allowances for children for the final anyway. No, you know, it's the full and, price. And, yeah. and it's, a, it's, it's a lot of money. It's too much money, really, in Foley, you know. But I, I, my, I mean, my feelings in that and my objection to it go back a long way. You know, I mean, I think it's a, it's a disgrace to where, they, where they can raise the, the prices and knowing the demand will be there. You know, because what do they want the money for this year when there is a degradation in the world? And I think they should be there. Especially with the present climate, they should be definitely able to reduce their prices and keep them, down, keep them within reason anyway. But they won't do that, of course. And we had a quick comment listen. last week also about I wrote on the Monday night's programme, May 9, they're alive when we do. And again, it would seem a little bit unfair on Tyrone. They have 11 people involved, if not more. It's fairly rampant, this COVID. And the G, I think, put it back for six or seven days. You don't recover from COVID, Tom, in six or seven days. No, I believe you there, Pat. You know, I mean, that, that, that's a, a very difficult situation. Yeah. Nobody can, can could foresee that. And it can happen to any county. It could happen to our own county. It could happen to Cork. We're going into the holding final as well. And, uh, you know, they're tied up in dates now. And I think they should be more flexible in this situation course, as well. Yeah. But that objection coming in from Kerry as well, saying that they're, they're, they're waiting too long. So, I mean, well, the last year I had to wait until the end of the year to play the matches. So, yeah. like, yeah. I can't yeah. say, well, I can't wait an extra couple of weeks, give them a chance anyway. To the clock, know. gentlemen and ladies and listeners, have taken care of us once again. So, my sincere thanks to Mark Flatley. He landed in on a bad night when some <laughs> of the, the gremlins, as they call them, they blamed him over there anyway. Or was it those who went before us? Who knows what caused the little mishaps we've had here tonight? And my thanks to Mark Flatley for making himself available. Thank you, Mark. And also to Tom Ryan and Christy Kelly. Gentlemen, thank you. Sorry for all the confusion. And I had them popping from one microphone to the other microphone. But I hope it didn't spoil your enjoyment to listen to the programme, folks. So I'll be back to you on Monday night from 8 o'clock until 9 on a GAA review programme. And back to you again on Wednesday night next at happens nine until 11 so in the meantime folks take care and as we said about the covid take extra care good night conference west limerick 102 you've just been listening to the podcast of county views as broadcast on west limerick 102 fm on the 11th of august 2021 from 9 30 to 11 p.m joining pat o'donovan and tom ryan christy kelly county views is brought to you by tynan o'donovan solicitors limerick and newcastle west for all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.